And we're back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 3, Episode 12, Just in Bello. I'm Chris Barrows. And my name's Dan Cummins. Welcome back to the best Supernatural rewatch podcast out there. There's a lot of them, Chris. Uh, we're active on Twitter. Uh, pretty as of you know pretty recently uh just on twitter there's a lot of rewatch podcasts it's really cool to see other creators watching the show and, and giving their own feedback and um you know i think chris you and i we aim to rewatch them uh certainly go through the plot but also we want to cover some interesting trivia quotes like just just our own personal opinions and point of views this one in particular chris a very high scoring episode there's a lot to talk about and a lot of creative decisions that I really want to touch on in this one. You know, I'm a big fan of this one, but there's very specific reasons why. This one is really good. And just to hit on what you're talking about, I do think I think it's interesting, by the way, that there are so many different podcasts. I, I really enjoy some others I don't enjoy. And, and hopefully you're enjoying this podcast. I want to encourage everybody up front, uh, you know, feel free to say hi to us on Twitter, Reddit, wherever, wherever uh you know, you see us, uh, we we encourage feedback and, and we'd love to hear, you know, if you're enjoying an episode. So please come engage with us. We dig that. Um, with this one, I dig this episode, too. I, I really do. This one uh, is uh, it aired on February 21st. This was the week after Valentine's Day. Uh, as I said, the last episode, ironically, on Valentine's Day, AMDB rating 9.3. So really well enjoyed. It's also the conclusion of an arc. And I think that's draws some interest when an arc comes to an end especially one that's been going on a while and this is the kind of the end of that fbi arc of the boys are being hunted by the fbi and it's nice to see kind of an end to it because that's always lingering in the background and you can't have that i think go too long without saying something so this is the end of that sad in a way for a few reasons which we'll get into um, but this one takes in takes place in monument Colorado and the monsters fairly straightforward, but on a grander scale, this is demons, but holy crap, there are a lot of demons in this episode. Yeah. As you said, Chris, this is the end of uh, Henriksen's uh, journey in supernatural. Um, and Chris, I was looking back. He was, he's quite meta in this episode because in the episode, he, he sees Sam and Dean, he finally catches him. Right. And he says, it's been a while. And I thought that was so meta because, yeah, it, it actually has been a while. I went and checked back to see when was the last time we saw Hendrickson in the show, Chris. Turns out 15 episodes ago. Folsom Prison Blues, if you remember that one. Uh, so it has been a while. He's right. Uh, but it's good to see uh, him back. And, and you're right. His, his story uh, has a great conclusion to it, I think. The boys end up seeing eye to eye, which is very surprising, right? He's been the biggest pain in the ass to the Winchesters for a while now. So it's cool to see his story come full circle. And right at the end of this episode, Chris, another story begins. So you have one ending, but arguably you have a bigger beginning of something else. And so you have to kind of contrast those uh, those two things in the middle of an action-packed episode, man. I mean, you said the demons, a lot of demons in this one, and they, they kick some ass. They really do. They do, but it's a very personal level of demon in a sense, because you've got a few really interesting characters. And you've got Nancy, who's uh, the secretary, you've got mm -hmm. Sheriff Dodd, you've got the deputy, you've got Henriks, and you've got Sam and Dean. It's a small ensemble of people really in one location. Most of this episode, I mean, it opens, let's just, let's get the opening really quick out of the way the, the boys are on their way after the cold. Um, and it, it turns out she's set them up um, because 
they went to get the Colt. She's not there. And she's alerted the FBI. I, I mean, how no one has pulled this on them prior. I don't know. Um, so kudos to her on that one. But this is what's kind of sets up the entire scenario. But most of this episode, one location. And that's really neat. They're in one place with a small group and a cast, which I find pretty memorable for a one-off episode. I mean, Nancy in particular, a character I really love, plays the character to perfection. And uh, kind of this sweet, innocent uh, Christian girl, devout, devout virgin kind of angle. But she's somehow she's somehow different. She's she's really interesting. She's not a boring version of that character, which I think it's very easy to be. It's not like we don't see the the virgin character on this show. They're not all the same level. And we've had another one on the show uh, very earlier on who was interested in Sam, um, who kind of played a similar type of role as the minister's daughter. She was kind of a similar character in, in a few ways, but um, both owning the roles. And, and in particular, I'm just a big fan of this whole ensemble. Uh, uh, and, and I don't know. How did you feel about this group of people? Because I don't know. I thought they were a good mix together. Yeah, I loved it, Chris. The the cast, I, I you know, as good as the what the the five of them, I believe, towards the end, there's five of them in total. That that's a not a great amount of people, right? So I think because you know the reason that you might have liked them so much is because they each got time to have some lines and some character development. With you know, aside from uh, the deputy, I, I guess he has a funny you know joke referenced about him later in the episode uh, by Dean, but. For the most part, Hendrickson, uh, Nancy, as you said, they're both like really well uh, thought out characters. And Chris, I just wanted to talk about the space that they're in, right? So they get brought to a sheriff's office, I believe. In my opinion, that is when Supernatural is the strongest. Make the situation small. Allow the boys, right, and their relationships with the various characters in the episode to really shine. And you're going to get a really great episode. My my biggest pet peeve, Chris... Um, with the show as a whole really is that post season six and seven, once Kripke left, they rather than taking the show and, and making it smaller, they kept going bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like, once you say, once you stop the apocalypse, it's kind of hard to, you know, uh, gather everything up, pick up the pieces and move forward. They decided to double down and go even bigger. But in my opinion, that's a mistake because when you get the boys in a small situation like this, it's really fun there's not that much that you can mess up. Right. So like you really get to focus on the characters and the, you know, the intention and the ambition and like the action. And like, I keep going back to the action, Chris, badassery at its finest in this one. <laughs> um, but, but to answer your question, yeah, I really love the small setting. I really like focusing on the guest characters. That is when the show is really, really great. 9.3, Chris, it speaks for itself. It does. Now in this particular case, they're arrested as we've covered, um, they're in the station, um, and ultimately, uh, you know, Hendrickson arrives, he calls for backup and a helicopter because they're going to go to a high security prison. I mean, these guys are bad dudes as far mm -hmm. as, as far as Hendrickson thinks. And the backup comes, turns out to be a demon and he actually shoots Dean in the shoulder and then. At this point, the rest of Hendrickson's backup is killed mysteriously and a helicopter is destroyed and the power goes out. I mean, this is really early on. That's the setting. The boys are screwed. 
suddenly the saviors in a way are the demons in this scenario. It's really funny how it works out, but suddenly everything goes to shit. It's all, it's all bad now at this point. And now you've got an injured Dean because his shoulder is a little screwed up at this point, power on the station. And there's very few left at the station. As we noted, it's, as we said, Nancy, Sheriff, the deputy Hendrickson, Sam and Deeds with six, six people. Deputy doesn't last long. Um, but a few things happen here early on that I think are important. Sam and Dean are trying to say, let us help, let us help, let us help. Naturally, and Hendrickson, not so much about that. But Dean does manage to steal uh, the Nancy's rosary because Nancy's. So it's, it's a plot point, but she plays the character well, but she's got rosary beads. She's again, that 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 devout Christian character is very clear from the beginning. And that's a helpful little item to have, especially when Hendrickson ends up being, um, being possessed. And I apologize. It was Sam stealing the rosary beads. I, I believe it wasn't Dean, but point being, they steal the rosary beads, um, yeah. which are important plot point all the same. Yeah. Sam's got some sticky fingers, Chris. I was really impressed by Sam in this episode because this is really, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's the first time, but it's like one of the first times where Sam is under pressure, where he memorized the exorcism, which is in Latin, which is very long. And we haven't seen Dean been able to do that by heart, by memory. Um, so kudos to Sam on that. Also. Yeah. He has those sticky fingers. He was asking for a towel, able to grab the rosary. And I really love that later in the episode when Hendrickson it's revealed that he's possessed, they throw the rosary in the toilet for a makeshift exorcism tank, uh, which I thought was really clever, Chris. On top of all of this, and, and Dean says it um, pretty early in the episode, but he looks at Sam once he realizes that the helicopter has exploded. And he goes, it's it's almost like they're coming right after us. Like, that's that's never happened to us before. Usually we go after the demons, but now, like, there's an army tracking us. And he, he's kind of, like, thrilled by that a little bit. But it's, it's really, it's a turning point because now the demons are after the boys. So much so that they are, you know, going after a sheriff's office. They've, they've taken out a bunch of, of cops, Chris. They've blown up a helicopter. They've stormed the building. So they're public enemy number one with, you know, these demons. Uh, and I guess we did see that somewhat, you know, when John was still alive, right? Like the boys have always been targets. But on this scale, it's, it's pretty new. And so that was like, okay, here we are. It's fascinating because they're public enemy number one to the FBI and public enemy number one to the demons. So I think there's a nice balance and there's something poetic about that, that they're number one and everyone is coming for them right now. And these people, let's let's not kind of gloss over this. These people are people that all these people know in this office there. And we're still the point where they're kind of, you know, very often more than not, they're forced to kill the demon right they're not they're not freeing them in any way they're 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 playing out killing the host in the process in a lot of these scenarios so it's a very scary situation for everyone who's stuck in it because they're like i know that person i mean at one point nancy says that's i know her and and, and you're you kind of feel that moment it's a real situation for all these people yeah sam and dean it's every day but a lot of these folks is this is just like what are we going to do but they handle it really well and you mentioned the Hendrickson being possessed, obviously, and then them saving him. And that's when it, the turning point comes like all this crap is real. All the things you've been saying mm-hmm. and it clicks crap. 
like arresting you is you didn't do anything. Clearly you've been helping people. That's all it took. I mean, I, was, I shouldn't say that's all it took. He got possessed, but you know, it, he knew at that moment that man, I need their help if we're going to get out of this. Yeah. I mean, the, the boys saved him. Right. And once he comes out of his possession, he instantly unlocks them. He's like, okay, I believe you. What do we have to do? And he jumps into this, uh, this role that I was really shocked to see him in, Chris. Uh, he really shows leadership skills, Henriksen, in this episode. So much so that he calms down the other officers, calms down Nancy, and he says, let's get to work, guys. Because Henriksen now realizes that there is an army of demons outside, and the only way that they're going to survive is unlocking Sam and Dean, getting a plan together, and taking them all out. And Chris, we have to you know, mention the fact that this is the first episode where the tattoos are revealed. The very yeah. famous... Winchester tattoos, the anti-possession uh, tattoo that they both have on their chest. That's revealed in this episode. Very cool. Um, the boys, though, they pass out these charms, which are pretty interesting, Chris. They hand out charms to the rest of the group to say, there are other demons. We don't want to worry about what just happened with Hendrickson anymore. Take these. They'll keep you safe. And they continue to, to salt and to put, you know, uh, possession circles. Like, they, they, they really take care of the space that they're in. And then Ruby comes in and I, I kind of forgot about Ruby Chris for a little bit for like a minute there, but Ruby comes in and she has a plan and Sam with an, and she makes an entrance by the way, she's she like, she makes an entrance and has to ask permission from me. Like, can you let me free now? Cause there's demon possession traps and all this stuff. It, it, she, she's not without style. It's fair to say. Totally. Yeah. And she comes in and she name drops Lilith Chris, who is arguably like, one of the better big bads. Like I think yellow eyes was really great to kick off the series, but Lilith, especially in that like little girl form is really creepy, really scary. And Ruby comes in and she says, Hey, Lilith is coming after you. Here's the plan. What we have to do is sacrifice a virgin. And they kind of look around the room and Dean is shocked that Nancy is a virgin, but Nancy is actually like, yeah, I will sacrifice myself. Cause as you said, Chris, her friends are out there. Like it's yeah. very personal for her. And you believe that she is willing to sacrifice her life in that moment. And Dean looks at Sam and Sam is not saying anything. He's, he's kind of like actually considering it. And, and Dean's pissed. So he pulls him aside and says, hey, dude, what the hell is going on with you, man? You're, you're drinking alone in bars. You're friends with demons. And now you want to go with their plan? Like, what are you thinking, man? And to be fair, Dean's right. I mean, like Dean has like not the best plan, Chris. But it's a better plan than sacrificing an innocent person, which is their whole thesis, right? The Winchesters, they save people and they hunt things. Right. They don't they don't kill people. So for Sam to like be silent in that moment was really a turning point. Like, okay, Sam is is kind of lost here. He is, and at this and it's interesting though, like you said, you've got a person willing to do it, and and in that moment, Sam's considering it because maybe partially because of their consent, their consent right. to the plan. Maybe it didn't matter. You know, I don't think if she wasn't, I, I do not believe if she said, there's no way I'm doing that, that Sam would have felt right. that way, but because she's consented, he's kind of like, well, okay, maybe this is the way to go. And mm -hmm. he does have a trust of this character though. At this point, he trusts this demon has his best interest in mind, which again, not truly always the case with with any person so it takes a lot to get that trust but um ultimately they go with the dean plan and they decide to fight off the demons um and they 
I love this. They pre-record an exorcism by Sam all over um, in this in this kind of fight because they, they want to get them in. But they pre-record that exorcism, which I thought was great. And it's also showing something, by the way, because Sam becomes a little bit of a warlock himself. He's not mm-hmm. truly a, you know, he's kind of a warlock by the end. If you think about it, he's the one who knows the spells. Yeah. He learns um, from Rowena in the later seasons, and he's very much a student of of that art so his even though he does not have powers in later seasons this is a beginning of him showing all right i can memorize this stuff and i can be really useful in this way um in a way that maybe he doesn't maybe doesn't he doesn't have certain skills that dean has but he's oh he has that advantage over dean every time that in these scenarios he's the one who's gonna generally be reciting something he's got to memorized and this is the start it's exciting when you think about it that way Totally. Yeah. Great observation. And, and in the next episode that we're going to cover, Chris, Ghost Facers, the boys get separated. I won't go into that too much, but Dean has to do research by himself and it takes him a while. It takes him a long time to figure it out. So, yeah, Sam might not be, you know, the best uh, decision maker on his feet. Right. I think that one goes to Dean. He might not be the best fighter. I think at the moment, Dean is the better fighter. But when it comes to, you know, uh, researching um like you said he is he is a student of the game you might say chris sam is a student when it comes to hunting and and that's an interesting approach most people just kind of go in guns blazing but sam is very smart went to law school right so so that is definitely sam's strength and i I love that overhead uh pa system uh as well it's really cool to 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 use that uh as a way to send these demons back to hell i was thinking though thinking about this why haven't that system been used more I mean, there's casting. I, I don't know. Maybe there hasn't been a great scenario for it. But as I watch, I'm not. I'm gonna have to think about it because it was just a really smart idea uh, in that moment. Um, but in the end, this is not a happy episode. No, because after all of this, the Hendrickson says, "Hey, I'm gonna lie about what happened. You guys got killed in that explosion." Okay, great. All right, we're free. We don't need to worry. Sam and Dean Winchester are dead. Now that's, you know, it's, it kind of stinks to have to be quote unquote dead, but Mm -hmm. continue on with your life and not have the cops after you, the FBI after you. Great. But it's not that simple. And that's what, what happens. Uh, Ruby first and foremost, by the way, says, look what happened. And they're like, what are you talking about? Essentially shows them the TV and they look and they find out that Lilith has come and killed all those people. So all those people still died. Now, Lilith, by the way, when Lilith appears, I think it's really cool Cool in the sense that she does show up as that little girl. And it's creepy. And it's creepy in, in, a, in a lot of different ways. But when she says, I'm looking for two boys, and she calls, you know, um, tall one and one's really cute. And, and it's funny in that moment you're laughing. Like, oh, what's your name? You know, what's your name? And, and she goes, Lilith and it's this change in the tone in the way she said as in like all right you know who I am not gonna hide behind this curtain anymore mm-hmm. and I just love it the delivery and to get a child actor delivering in these kind of ways I think is really cool you don't always get that in this particular case we've had a lot of really good child actors on Supernatural as far as I'm concerned because the Sam and Dean actors uh, yep. Lilith in this case and I know it was just a great moment uh, Ruby gives him a shout out shouting uh, i should say not a shout out uh after all this and says you're gonna do it my way next time yep and we're kind of left with this scenario where you can question 
what was what they did right, wrong? Well, ultimately, a lot of people are dead one way or the other, and they know Lilith is after them. So um, later we'll find out Lilith is taking a vacation towards the end of the season, which causes more problems. But um, her idea of a vacation is a little bit different. I can't wait to get to that. But great episode. Really great episode. I love it. Again, it's a nice analysis of a relationship that we've now seen with Hendrickson and the boys. I think he comes back as a ghost or something at some point. So I think yeah. we do see him again. At the, yeah. But not him, him in this full sense of, you know, agent trying to hunt them down or ally because he would have been a really useful ally. That's the thing that kills me about it. I, I would have loved if he was around and on occasion, like, made the FBI snip in a different direction in a major scene or something. I think it would have been cool. Yeah, he would have made a great hunter, Chris. Uh, the leadership skills, like we said, knows how to fight in that last fight scene. He was, you know, pretty good. And him and Dean had a nice little catch-up, a little one-on-one once he realized Dean wasn't, you know, uh, a mass murderer. Uh, yeah, great character. Great episode, Chris. These are these are my favorite types of episode. And we were saying off-air that you kind of forgot about this one, right? Like, it doesn't have giant implications on the overall plot but it's like a really great setting for a supernatural episode you focus on the characters the writing is fantastic the action is fantastic even the effects are pretty good in this one chris i love the white eyes of lilith really cool contrast to the black eyes of like you know the the everyday demons so this one had it all 9.3 totally deserved uh there's a couple of fun little references here chris uh the the wanted uh poster on the FBI. He had a couple of uh, aliases. Did you catch those? I didn't. Um, I did not actually look at what all of uh, Dean's wanted posters had. Really funny. So like on, you, you see in the sheriff's office, it's, it's Dean's blue steel, right? Taken from Folsom prison blues. And on it are aliases that he uses often. One is Jerry Garcia of the grateful dead. One is Donald Strump, which, you know, back in 2008, different different uh different opinion of of trump perhaps and then the third one that i caught was uh jay uh mahagoff not sure what that reference is but a goofy name nonetheless so it was cool to see you know prior flashbacks to you know other episodes where the boys have been in trouble with the law so that was a really fun one the other one chris of course is that justin bellow the title of this one actually translates to justice in war and so that is a reference to you know fighting well once the war has begun. So I think the writers are trying to tell us that this is really the beginning of the war. Like this is the first battle towards ultimately what will be the apocalypse. So we have started this giant thread uh, that will finish out in season five. It's really cool that we've gotten here, Chris. Season four is not that far away. This really is a launching point for what we're going to see soon. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I think it's interesting to point out that according to uh one of the wiki supernatural.fandom uh the plot of this episode was actually very similar to a 2010 film legion where the archangel michael comes to earth to fight against a horde of angel possessed people in a diner um and you've got a you, you you've got a Pilecki in both of those so i think yeah. that's that there's a interesting piece there um but uh yeah I, look great episode love this one and we are coming up on the end of this season, as, as we've noted. There are, are, what, four episodes left. So uh, we're digging right into this. And I will tell everybody that when we drop our final episode, we're going to drop the recap the same day. So you'll be able to dive right in and get into all that recap stuff. So when we get there, which is just a few short weeks away, 
Um, you'll be able to dig right into that, and we'll get right into season four. We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait because we know who's coming in season four, and we want to start talking about that guy. Uh, but this episode, really good one. Loved it a lot. Our next one has some guys you might remember. Uh, the next episode is Ghost Facers, and I'm excited to talk about this one. It's kind of a throwaway in so many senses, but it's, yeah. it's fun. It's fun, and it's a nice break, I think, after the one that we just watched. Totally. We faced a ghost when the others will not. Yeah, I mean, the, the opening scene alone, Chris, it's worth the rewatch. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. But on that note, I'd say that is it for this week. But we will be back because, after all, we've got work to do. 